Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture, day number three of the Farm Progress Show here in Decatur, Illinois. Another beautiful day weather-wise, and we'll wrap up the show today. We're going to talk with Matt Youngman, show director. Uh, We'll also have conversations with Illinois Director of Agriculture, John Sullivan, the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Zippy Duvall, and we'll talk with one of the host farmers here in Decatur, David Bricks, about uh, how things have gone uh, with the... uh, field work, the harvesting that is going on, and uh, get his thoughts on this Farm Progress show. And that's where we're going to start it off, talking with Matt Youngman, National Show's Director for Farm Progress, who has this very chilled, relaxed look to him. I can always tell it's day three and things have gone pretty well just by the look on your face. Yep, that is that is exactly right. It is a, it is a nice, calm Thursday. You know, it, it, this is, and actually this is probably the most fun day for me, because all my friends and family come on Thursday, because, you know, if if there's things that aren't working right and you don't get them fixed by about noon on Wednesday, <laughs> there's just not a heck of a lot of point in, in killing yourself to get it done. So everybody kind of takes a breath. But there is the, I mean, it's still a blood pressure pill day because on thir- on Thursday at 4 o'clock when 600 exhibitors want to go home to their families immediately, you know, it gets a little yeah. stressful this afternoon. But, you know, to get through the show, it's, and the weather's beautiful, you know, we've just been harping on that, but you just can't ask for anything more like chamber of commerce weather than what we've had here these three days big big crowd yesterday big big crowd and 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 we were talking before we went on air here that that 2009 is kind of the high water mark for a decatur farm progress show we had we had good you know we had good to great commodity prices and we had um great weather and and that 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 probably set the mark and that's probably what we're bumping up against for this show because i drove the parking lots yesterday at about three o'clock just to get a, a first-hand view of how deep we went on all those parking lots and you know we were clear full in the big west lot and we were clear full in, in overflow on the northwest side and then we were three quarters of the way back in the in the south lot so if corn was 550 i don't know if we'd have been able to hold this crowd it was it was really really incredible and the mood was great you know you walk down the streets and everybody was smiling and everybody was in a good mood it was it was really a wonderful event now, Secretary Purdue was here yesterday. He was. Um, I think there were things maybe at times a little more tense with him. Farmers are pressing him for some answers, and we're waiting now to hear from the president what he's going to do on ethanol and, and the small refinery waivers and things like that. Uh, but uh, certainly there was a lot of interest to see what he had to say. Yeah, you know, there was a, there was a, at, the, at the same time, there was a huge crowd at the harvesting demonstration, and there was a huge crowd at the hospitality building, you know, watching to see what he was going to say. And, and you know, I, I'm not sure that he gave any answers that anybody was necessarily thrilled with. I, I, I no. think he, I'm not sure that he said anything, you know, that, that, that advanced the project, but I think the biggest value of him being here is that he got to hear from some growers who had some very pointed things to say to him so it was not a wasted trip in my opinion it was a very worthwhile trip for him to be there yeah i think uh, he's starting to get that message now in his travels for sure and, and you can hear it in his voice that he's, yes. he's hearing it i mean yeah. he, he, he is hearing it and you talked to the media that were covering him yesterday and they said 
they've noticed he's gotten a little testy on mm-hmm. some things too because he's feeling that from from the crowd. Uh, you mentioned the field demonstrations. I was out. I, I went to the tiling demonstration yep. yesterday, and there was a good crowd there. And then you told me that at the actual uh, harvesting demonstrations, huge crowds yeah, there. Yeah, we had to make a decision yesterday morning, and and it was we knew that that you know the the eighty six day corn that we had defoliated. It had not dried like it should because we have not had normal Decatur weather. Normal Decatur weather is 90 degrees every day. Well, it's just been beautiful for the last three weeks, which is wonderful to set up and put on a show. It's terrible for getting corn to drop, you know, a point or a point and a half a day like it normally does for us here. So we ended up, we nosed into corn last night that was 37%. And, and you know, it had dropped five points in two days, but that still is not, it didn't drop enough to be able to do anything. So we... We kind of put all of our eggs on the corn harvesting into the Wednesday basket and had an unbelievably great harvesting demonstration. You know, we had an eighth of a mile of people 10 deep watching that demo. Some really, the, the shots, I've, I didn't get to see it, but the shots I've seen of it are, 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 are amazing. And then a great tillage demo. And then today we've got tiling, we've got the mock pipeline strike, we've got another tillage demonstration today. So there's, there's plenty to see for the folks that are here. And we'll talk more about that with host farmer David Bricks a little bit later on. I want to take the last couple minutes here to look ahead to your next show, uh, Husker Harvest Days, Grand Island, Nebraska. That's coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, and actually I'm going around and touring right now and putting some some social media videos together of global unveilings that were done here that are going to load up tonight and head to Grand Island. So uh, Husker Harvest Days, September 10th, 11th, 12th, and you know the all that new stuff on the cloth lot, the new fent, the new fent lineup is going to be out there. It's just, you know, I am, I am really excited. There's a lot of folks, you know, if you didn't make the show last year, you have not seen the seven million dollar improvements that we put into that place. It is a, uh, you know, normally with the weather that they've had in central Nebraska with all the rain, I would be sitting here a nervous wreck about what kind of condition the exhibit mm-hmm. field is in. You know, you you knew what you've seen that when yep. when you get four, you know 15 inches of rain in 10 days, mm-hmm. what Husker Harvest Days used to look like. And now, the exhibit field is bone dry. There's tents going up. The things are moving in, and there's about to be a big assault on Grand Island with mm-hmm. equipment leaving Decatur and headed west. You know what I was amazed at here yesterday? Uh, you know, we started off Tuesday kind of soggy uh enough that you couldn't have your field demos on tuesday but yesterday all of a sudden it got dusty yep. right you had to try to fight the dust it's, then. it's crazy i put uh, when it was when it when, you know when cars were getting stuck on tuesday morning and you know and it, and it was it was a little bit of a mess i put the over under at noon wednesday that somebody was going to be screaming for dust control and sure <laughs> enough it was just about one o'clock yesterday afternoon that that we needed to fire the dust control trucks out in the parking lots and on the tram routes out at the field demonstration. So it's straightened out really, really fast. I mean, we only had six tenths of rain, so it wasn't right. it wasn't terrible. It was just got a, a kind of a pre-treatment for dust control on Tuesday. That just got windy enough yesterday yep. and dried out just enough. That- and it's going to do it again today. I saw that. I told the dust control guy, the guy that leads the dust control teams, I said, you're going to earn your pay today because, it, 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 you know, when we're moving out, he's going to be running the heck out of those things. Well, all in all, it's been great. Uh, other than not having the field demos on Tuesday, I don't know how it could have gone much smoother. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, considering where the ag economy is, um, you know, which is what, which is one of the things that we were concerned about. It, it, everybody turned out, and, and I'll just say it again that I'm just amazed at how many smiling faces we had here that really genuinely enjoyed the day. And, and it, you know, it, it's kind of a thing where I hope it causes momentum because I think everybody that was here yesterday had a really good good day at the show and is going to have really good memories of of their of their experience here. 
Husker in a couple of weeks, and then next year, Boone, Iowa for Farm Progress. Right? Yep, already getting to work on that. Everybody's already asking me about what you know, where they want to move and what they want to do different, and already know of two big product introductions coming oh. for next year already. Already, so yeah, it'll be here before we know it. Matt, as always, thank you. Appreciate your work uh, with us uh, throughout the year to preview the show and then of course here during the show appreciate a lot. appreciate you and everything you do for the show appreciate syngenta's sponsorship of that to kind of give us an opportunity to talk fairly regularly i appreciate hey, that great all right good luck in grand island thanks all right matt youngman national shows director for farm progress here on this uh, third and final day of the farm progress show in decatur illinois when we come back, conversation with Illinois Director of Agriculture John Sullivan. We're going to talk about dicamba complaints uh, here in the state of Illinois and the growing interest in growing hemp. That's coming up next here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Stress less in a minute from the American Ag Network. We are talking with Monica McConkie with Prairie St. John's and Eyes on the Horizon Consulting. This week, McConkie gives us her number one takeaway for stress management. Sometimes it happens slowly and over a long period of time. So you don't even realize the toll that stress is taking on you until something kind of calamitous happens. So you really do have a serious issue with your mental health or you've started to use substances like drinking um, alcohol or drugs to deal with the stress. So it's really paying attention to the cues that your own behavior, mind and body are giving you. And even if it's happened and kind of crept up slowly over time, really cue in and seek help prior to it getting to a breaking point. That's Monica McConkie. This is Stress Less in a Minute from the American Ag Network. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, joining us now to talk ag issues is Executive Vice President of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Dale Moore. Dale, how are you? I'm very good, Mike. I, I heard Rusty's update on the markets, and it's nice to hear at least a little bit of positive news kind of coming yeah. back in after we had a rough start to the week. We need some positive news for sure, and I guess that's a good place to start because it seems like most of the news in agriculture right now is negative. What are you hearing from your members across the country? Well, it's that uh, ongoing series of, of frustrations of how difficult it is to get some of these trade issues sorted out. You know, there's a lot of appreciation uh, you know, expressed relative to the president and Secretary Purdue's efforts to provide some trade assistance authority on top of, you know, getting the new farm bill implemented, getting the, the process on the disaster bill. Those, you know, a lot of work going on at those FSA offices trying to help folks out. But man, what we would really love to see is some resolution. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in magazine, 
manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 1-800-213-4556. That's 1-800-213-4556. Again, 1-800-213-4556. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. Here at the Farm Progress Show, I talked with Illinois Director of Agriculture, John Sullivan. Uh, He'll talk a lot about the interest in hemp production in the state of Illinois and an update on uh, uh, where the state of Illinois is at as far as regulation and and things like that. But I started off asking him about dicamba and uh, whether or not they're receiving at the Illinois Department of Agriculture very many dicamba complaints this year. We have, yeah. So, uh, and really, I think it's a reflection of the year that we've had. Obviously, the growing season was um, late starting, number one, especially on the soybean side, but on the corn side as well. But they got pushed back late. And then when the opportunity to plant, uh, there's a lot of soybeans went in the ground at the same time. And a lot of those soybeans were ready to be sprayed at the same time. And weather conditions were not ideal, to say the least. Uh, so uh, we have seen a number of complaints come in this year. And when those complaints come in, what do you do with them? So we have our, our Bureau of Environmental Programs. Uh, we investigate every complaint that comes in, and uh, it's a process. We have uh, investigators that are out across, spread out all across the state, and they will go out and actually inspect the crop and t- talk to the neighbors and get the you know, wind direction and wind speed information and uh, talk to the applicator, find out who, was to, who actually did the application. It's, a, it's sometimes a pretty lengthy process, and obviously when you have a lot of complaints, uh, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to do it. And then will there be a process where you'll look at that information and make the decisions you can make on the state level and does that information also go off the EPA for a on the federal level? You know, Mike, that's a good question. I honestly don't know what we do with that information. I see about all the complaints, especially the ones, sometimes there's a gray area, you know, sometimes it's not black and white and it's a little bit hard to tell and those are the ones that usually end up on my desk. But uh, if and I don't know whether that information gets uh, transferred on up to the on up the ladder and on to the federal level. But certainly this year, and, and um, you know tomorrow especially, some of my uh, counterparts and peers from other states are going to be here at the Farm Progress Show, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to visit with them about what their experience has been with hemp. And then I'm also a member of the National Association of State Ag and. Uh, directors uh, and uh, we have a meeting coming up here and later in September and uh, certainly got to be an issue we're going to be talking about there as well. I'm very curious to see if we're an anomaly here in Illinois. I can't imagine that we are but uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Would you say the number of complaints is close to last year or up? It's going to be over. It's going to be more than we had last year. I don't know what the number is, but uh, it's, uh, you know, we were getting along good. And then, of course, that, uh, that, uh, those temperatures late in the summer here hit, and uh, we saw a spike in that. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that number is going to be higher. Let's switch to hemp. 
How much interest is there in the state of Illinois? You know, it's just been phenomenal, just quite honestly. Uh, when I walked in the door at the Department of Ag in the you know middle, middle of January, well, let me back up. In December, it was announced that I was going to be the director. Uh, and and at, when, once it was announced, a number of people that called me and sent me an email or a text or just stopped me in the, on the street and wanting to know, you know, what's the status of hemp? When will, when will I be able to plant and will I be able to plant hemp in Illinois this year? And so I walk in the door in January and I instructed my staff, you know, bring me up today. Where are we? What do we need to do? And, of course, the whole rulemaking, the regulation process needed to happen, needed to have a public comment period. The General Assembly had to approve our final rules when they were done. And so I instructed our staff, which has been phenomenal. I said, I want folks to be able to plant hemp here in the state of Illinois. And I'd like the applications to be able to go live on uh, May the 1st. We met that deadline in the first 24 hours. We had over 200 applicants uh, apply, over 2,000 acres. As we sit here today, Mike, uh, somewhere between 22 and 23,000 acres have been uh, applied to grow hemp here in Illinois and around 12 to 1,300 growers and or processors. And it seems probably a lot of others are kind of waiting to see how those acres go and have questions they want they want to see let somebody else go first and they're going to take a look at it. you know mike i think you hit it right on the nose there uh i i have talked to i talked to a lot of ag groups around the state as you can imagine much as you have and i usually ask folks in the crowd you know how many of you have applied to grow hemp here in illinois and generally from the from your traditional corn and soybean farmer there's very few hands go up and then I, you, then I do a follow-up, and I, you know, I, I will say, well, why is that, or you know, do you have an interest? And, and the comment is, you know, we're taking a wait-and-see attitude, right? I've never had any doubt in my mind that we could grow hemp here in Illinois. We used to do it decades ago. Uh, one time there were 12 manufacturing uh, facilities in the state of Illinois that was, made, uh, that was turning hemp into rope back in the, you know, obviously in, uh, in the World War I, World War II era. So I knew we could grow it. My concern and fear all along is what are we going to do with it? So where, what are we going to do with that crop after it's uh, harvested? And I, I mentioned, you know, 12 to 1300 uh, processor and grower licenses. We've had almost 300 processor licenses issued here in the state of Illinois. So that's a that that tells me that there are folks out there that also have realized that we can grow it now we got to figure out what we're going to do with it so and i think that's really a from a job creation standpoint especially out in the rural parts of the state we can get a company out there that's willing to set up shop because there's a lot of hemp growers in the area and they want to process hemp i think that's a tremendous opportunity the fact that every state seems to handle it a little bit differently do you see that as a challenge moving forward if we had more uniformity on this, it could uh, help move it faster? Absolutely. I, I will say one thing that was a great benefit to us here in Illinois is that in the federal farm bill that was passed, passed late in December there, they, there is obviously a provision in there to, uh, to allow for the growing of hemp in the country. And so when the General Assembly here in Illinois passed their hemp act in early in 18 and then the federal farm bill had that provision in it late in 18 there were some conflicts and so we in our rulemaking process we had to bring those two different uh, uh, pieces of legislation together into one bill that that made sense other states have struggled with the same thing some are ahead of us some are behind us but uh, I, I hope that and at the and at the federal level the USDA has been working to try to get they've, they've asked us our department on several occasions give us ideas give us suggestions what do you want to see diff done differently and we've certainly given them that information but there is certainly a, a tremendous uh, 
uh, appetite for um, uh, for information about hemp. And I and I, my hope is, I was talking to our bureau chief the other day. I would like to do some seminars over the summer, or excuse me, over the winter here, uh, to try to. So we're going to have all the growers and the processors. Uh, that that grew this year have them come in and tell us what did you do right what did you do wrong uh, and also uh, maybe try to bring in some other experts from uh, that know the uh, hemp industry and uh, try to help uh, help develop the markets here how much oversight does the state do over hemp production so we're responsible for the permitting of the uh, the whole permit process so we identify the we get the information about who the grower is we want to know where the where they're uh, where they're going to be growing the hemp uh, and then uh, also we will randomly go out and do spot checks to test the hemp to make sure it's under the level of the THC that uh, that, that it can be qualified to be a, a hemp product. If it's over that, the crop has to be destroyed. And uh, so, but we have a we have a significant amount of oversight and regulation with with regard to that. That was a, the legislation that was passed. They gave that responsibility to the Department of Ag. And, and you touched on this earlier. I think a lot of what a lot of farmers will be looking at is where can they market. The, if they're going to grow it, they got to have a place to sell it. You know, it's just, uh, I think the, the farm community, the re- one reason that they have been hesitant to go out and plant uh, any, at least any significant amount of hemp is, uh, you know, they, they don't really know where they can sell that product, right? So we have to develop those markets. And once we do that, if that happens, then uh, I think that we're going to see more and more acres get planted every every year. But it's absolutely a, a no no question that we need we have to develop those markets. You know, I hate to compare it to you know what we did uh, back over several decades. You know, with the uh, with the Chinese, you know, and selling you know grain and, and pork uh, to that took that took decades. That took the work of many many people. And uh, you know, we developed that market. And once that market was developed, we had a we had a consistent place and a, and a consistent buyer. So now that's in jeopardy, obviously. But uh, you know, we have to have those markets before we're going to get the, the kind of input that we need to uh, to see whether hemp is going to be a viable you know cash crop in this state. That's Illinois Director of Agriculture John Sullivan. I talked with him here at the Farm Progress Show. So in the state of Illinois, like many other states across the country. Uh, there are people uh, starting to grow some hemp and a lot of others that are curious about it, looking into it, wanting information. There's information available here at the Farm Progress Show. They made that the part of uh, this year's show to get more information out. Uh, still a lot of questions and in some cases skepticism, but others are, are jumping in there and giving it a try. So we'll see how this plays out and how the rules and regulations uh, evolve. Uh, right now it's uh, kind of a patchwork state to state, but uh, uh, there's more and more interest in it all the time. Well, I also, here at the Farm Progress Show, talked with Zippy Duvall, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation. A lot of issues to discuss, including trade, opioids, and infrastructure and more. We'll have that conversation coming up next here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. 
Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Have you or a loved one used Roundup Weed Killer and been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? You may be entitled to compensation. Call 800-966-3316. In an August 9, 2019 Bloomberg News story, it was reported that Bayer AG is proposing to pay as much as $8 billion to settle more than 18,000 lawsuits, alleging its Roundup Weed Killer was responsible for the plaintiff's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Strict deadlines may apply, so call 800-966-3316. That's 800-966-3316 for a free case review today. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Kirsten Rall for the American Ag Network. Ag Secretary Purdue may have been instrumental in the late move higher in corn, as he suggested. The Trump administration would soon have an announcement about increasing biofuel demand. Ethanol production last week increased by 1.5 percent despite all of the recent talks of plant closures and cutbacks. On the Board of Trade, the nearby corn contract up three cents at 365 and three quarters of a cent. December up two and three quarters at 374. The soybean market is higher this morning on follow through from the reversal and statements from the Chinese Commerce Ministry that imply China and the U.S. are discussing the next round of face to face talks set for September. September soybeans are up a nickel at 857 and three quarters of a cent. November up four and a half at 8.70 and a quarter of a cent. Wheat contracts are again lower, reflecting a world that is awash in wheat supplies and stiff export competition from both Europe and the Black Sea region. Minneapolis spring wheat September down four and a half at 4.83. Kansas City wheat September down two and three quarters at 3.89 and a half cent. September Chicago wheat down two and three quarters at 4.96 and three quarters of a cent. U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue said that the USDA will investigate for evidence of price manipulation in the cattle market in the weeks following a fire at a Tyson beef plant in Kansas. August live cattle up 55 cents at 105.62. August feeders down a dime at 138.65. October lean hogs up 35 cents at 63.90. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Kirsten Rall for the American Ag Network. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction, plus the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-745-3327 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs, running or not. Call 800-745-3327. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom. Donate today, 800-745-3327, 800-745-3327. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. 
And welcome back to our coverage from this year's Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. Happy to have a chance to talk over ag issues with the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Zippy Duvall. Good to see you here. How are you enjoying the show? Oh, we're enjoying it. Look, looking at all these new tractors and the technology and all the equipment just makes a farmer's heart start beating faster. Yeah. I know your, your members are concerned with the issues that are going on, and they're expressing those concerns. They are. They've been very vocal, and this part of the country seems to be a little more sensitive to the trade issues, and, uh, and uh, we, are, we are constantly communicating with this administration uh, about how important it is for us to get a deal sooner than later. And, but we've had some encouraging news in Japan uh, with the agreement on principles of having an agreement there, which replaces a big portion of what TPP would have given us. So we're encouraged about that. And then there's some other chatter about some other countries in the uh, UK and other areas. So we're, you know, they're moving forward and kind of chipping away with it. Uh, we. And we may not agree with the way they're doing it, but we're looking for that level playing field and open markets. China, though, continues to be that cloud that kind of hangs over everything, doesn't it? It is. You know, we don't need to put all our eggs in one basket, but we definitely need to have the opportunity to move forward with the second largest economy in the world. And and, uh, it's just going to take some time, and uh, we we need to encourage this president to, to move forward and get it done. Well, there's no doubt. I think most people agree that something needed to be done with China. May disagree on how the administration's going about it, as you said. But are you, when we look at a big picture, are we seeing a reshaping, a rerouting of uh, global trade patterns and policies, you think? I think we really do. And I, and I think in some ways we really needed some adjustment because at times WTO would show us a bright light and we'd have some successes there, but more times it was failure. And, uh, and, and do we need to abandon it? No, we don't need to re- abandon it. We need to rework it. But I, I do think we're seeing a shift in way uh, trade didn't work out. How are you feeling about when Congress gets back in session, getting USMCA passed. Do you think there's a momentum to do that? I think the momentum's there, but I think it's really in our court. I think that our farmers and ranchers and our Farm Bureau members need to continue to pound on our senators and congressmen about how important this is and whatever differences they have, they need to work it out because we need a, a, a big bipartisan vote uh, similar to what we got on Farm Bill. And that would send a strong message to the rest of the world that this president can negotiate a treaty, send it to Congress, and get it passed. And that's, that's, that sends volumes. That does volumes for our ability to make some good things happen after that. And probably the sooner they can get to a vote when they get back, the better, right? Uh, sooner the better because we don't want the politics of the next election to get it all messed up in it. I really think, uh, you know, everywhere I go, there's Democrats and Republicans both wanting to get this done. Uh, and I think the speaker is uh, given a uh, really good shot at trying through her working groups work out the differences. Uh, so my hat's off to her for stepping up to the plate and trying to get that done. We're talking with the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Zippy Duvall. Okay, let's talk about the RFS situation, which has not been a good one for uh, the biofuels industry. And we're waiting now to see how the administration is going to address the concerns. But certainly, um, for an administration that is claimed to be a supporter of the biofuels industry, it has not appeared to be that way with these waivers. No, you know, this administration doesn't have the history that we have in, in, uh, in this, uh, this great industry of biofuels. Uh, you know, our country used to be dependent on foreign oil, and we were uh, 
we were made a, a change, a shift in policy to become energy independent. And farmers and ranchers spent uh, 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 millions of dollars and millions of hours of time adjusting to that, creating a great infrastructure around uh, uh, bioenergy. And, uh, and for this to happen, it kind of pulls the rug out from under us, and we don't need that to happen. So we're hoping, and we have been telling this administration from day one that these waivers was going to catch up with us. And we're at that point, we're hoping they're going to reevaluate, make some positive adjustments, because our farmers and ranchers and that infrastructure has been built around that deserve that. What have your members said about the market facilitation program payments? Certainly they help, they, they were needed, but what about the, the whole concept of, of getting them or needing them in the first place because of the trade issue? Well, one, we don't want a payment from the government. We want a level playing field to sell to the markets around the world. That's what we want. Uh, in, in lieu of not getting that, we're okay with, uh, we're, we're very appreciative to the president for coming across with those mitigation payments. Uh, we don't like for anybody represented as making us whole because it does not make us whole. So uh, we continue to, to, to uh, drive that point home. And uh, the, the, the thing is, the sooner they can get it solved, the better it is. Uh, no farmer wants a check from the government. No taxpayer wants us to get that check. So uh, we don't want to move in that direction. We need those open markets. Are you concerned that this could make it harder get that next farm bill done because there'll be this feeling wow look how much has already been paid out and why you know it's tough enough to get a farm bill done anyway yeah i think politically some people might connect it too but uh, this is an unusual circumstance uh if the if the president is successful in doing this i think all that'll pass away uh, if he's not successful yet yeah, could very well make it very difficult but i think this also is probably short-lived and short-lived in the eyes of us farmers may be several years, you know. Uh, but uh, So hopefully this is not a situation, a trade war situation that's gonna last for years. Hopefully we're gonna get it done, get it behind us, and then we won't have to worry about that. Let's talk some other issues very important to rural America, and one of them being getting broadband across rural America. Bring us up to date on those efforts. Yeah, well, you know, the Secretary Perdue's done a lot of work in that area, and, and his report back to the president that took those uh, uh, agency study that they did about what could help rural America the most and broadband was that piece. Uh, there's, there's a tremendous amount of work being done there. You know, where the weakness is in that is the mapping and what really represents where uh, the availability of broadband really is. We need to make sure that that mapping gets done correctly because that dictates where the federal dollars are going. So that's what we're spending our emphasis on. Let's make sure we get that uh, get that the bill passed or we'll get the mapping right so the dollars end up the right place. You know, it's, it is an agricultural, a farmer, rancher issue, but it's also a health care issue. It's also an education issue. It's also a rural development issue because our, our young people are leaving going to college where there is broadband and they're not going to come home if we can't provide that for them. So just because for the future and the uh, livelihood of our communities, we got to get this done for many different reasons. Speaking of health care, that's another issue in rural America. Uh, we're seeing hospitals closing, uh, hard to keep doctors in, in rural America. And then you tie that to the ongoing opioid crisis, which has an impact on there, too. It does. You know, the opioid crisis is just a terrible thing. I had the opportunity to speak to a couple this morning that lost their, their child. And, and their, their stamina and their strength and their 
bravery of stepping out and trying to help other people realize that this is a huge problem and it can happen to you. And of course, I work with uh, National Farmers Union uh, uh, putting together the Farm Town Strong uh, campaign and website so that people can go find resources for that. So, uh, you know, we got to just find ways to make sure that uh, we continue the conversation on how we can make health care accessible to Americans uh, and how we head off this disastrous uh, uh, opioid crisis. And on infrastructure, do you see any momentum to get a comprehensive bill done on infrastructure? Well, you know, um, uh, Secretary Perdue, one of his things I've heard him say many times is what sets us apart from the rest of the world is our infrastructure. If, if the rest of the world ever catches up with our infrastructure, they're going to be able to deliver on time and deliver, deliver quality like we can. And so for us to turn our back on our infrastructure and not keep that up to date and keep uh, repairing it would uh, make us fall back into the situation where other countries are. we got, we got to make sure that what keeps us ahead of them is in good shape. And I think, I think Congress realizes that. And it's good for our communities and put people to work. It's an investment. Uh, it's a it's a really good investment. Where a lot of times government doesn't make good investments. So I, I think we'll get there. Uh, I don't know how soon we'll do it. I think there will be a lot of emphasis come on it, and I think we'll hear a lot of conversation around that during the the political season coming. It's good to see you again. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate what you do for agriculture, getting the word out and helping us tell our farmers to stay engaged. And that is so important, especially right now with USMCA. We need for them to keep making those phone calls. Good. That's the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Zippy Duvall. More coming up from the Farm Progress Show here in Decatur, Illinois. Stay with us. This is Adams on Agriculture. Again, I want to thank uh, Zippy Duvall for his time yesterday. And want to take just a moment to talk about Secretary Purdue's a uh, visit to the Farm Progress Show here yesterday. Um, big crowd turned out to hear him speak. He got a call from the president while he was speaking. Um, a lot of questions about the RFS waivers and what's going to be done there. Secretary Purdue yesterday saying something's coming, that announcement's going to be coming, but uh, the president would be the one making it. President Trump tweeting today that He's close to uh, making an announcement that's going to be good news for those in the ethanol industry, but we're still waiting to see. Meanwhile, we do know at least 15 ethanol plants have shut down or idled since EPA in this under this administration has started granting these waivers. And a 16th came yesterday at the Corn Plus ethanol plant in Minnesota. And Jeff Cooper, president and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association, said the heads of the EPA and Ag Department and key White House officials have been discussing some kind of relief and that his group has been talking with officials involved in those conversations. Uh, We're just waiting now for details. Uh, A lot of speculation something's going to be done with reallocation of gallons, though it be in 2020 or 2021. uh, Still waiting to get those details. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk with one of the host farmers here at the Farm Progress Show and get his thoughts on how things have gone this week. Stay with us here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 
145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 182 over 100, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. I had to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Recently on Adams on Agriculture. Well, let's get an update on the ongoing battle with soybean cyst nematode. Joining us now is University of Illinois plant breeder, Dr. Brian Deers. Brian, thanks for joining us. I was just thinking in this year with all the crop production challenges, SCN is another challenge, a profit robber, a yield robber that uh, sometimes flies under the radar, just not as obvious, not as uh, easily seen uh, as a, a weather event. That's absolutely correct. Here in Illinois, where we have very good soils, we often will have losses from SEN, and people won't, won't see any above-ground symptoms. Plants will look very healthy, but yet there will be losses due to SEN. What you can do is just take soil samples, send them to a testing lab, and they'll at least tell you whether or not SEN is present in the field, and they'll also tell you how big of a problem it is. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life. But there simply aren't enough people giving blood. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs it. But only about 3% of the population donates. Without more donors, hospitals may not have the blood needed to save lives. That's why the American Red Cross needs people to help restore the A's, B's, and O's that are depleting each day. When you make your appointment to donate blood at redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types, you can help give strength to kids parents, and grandparents who face life and death challenges. From cancer patients to accident survivors waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patients need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. 
My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. So as we wrap up our coverage of this year's Farm Progress Show here in Decatur, Illinois, happy to have with us host farmer David Bricks. Uh, you heard him throughout the summer on our Farm Progress Show previews. And, uh, well, what are your thoughts? Mm. Uh, a, little, a little interesting. Got off to the slow start uh, Tuesday because of the wet weather. Couldn't have the field demos you wanted to. Got a lot done yesterday, so much so you kind of have to back off a little today then, right? Yeah, we had that option of... Uh of splitting yesterday's cornfield into two to try to do two days, but it would be a, a what we consider a, a half try at a at a good demo, and and the crowd we had it was phenomenal. So we we chose to just make it a phenomenal uh, demo on combining and tillage yesterday, and and it was and it went off. So that kind of shorts us back today. We did some testing on corn last night to try to see if it was good enough and we did dry six points in a couple days but it's still we had too far to go so we had to we had to pull combining today but we are still running tillage operations we have enough a little bit enough real estate left that uh, we're going to go ahead and do that yeah the cool weather that we are enjoying here at the show didn't really help you did it no we we would have loved to you know the setup guys didn't like it either when i was praying for for 95s for up until up until monday you know, and then have a beautiful three days because they're like, well, then we'll bake. But uh, uh, but that's what we needed to finish. You know, this year has been well, like we've talked all summer. Oh, my gosh, it's it's been miserable. You know, every, everything that probably uh, is challenging could you could get thrown at you. We did, you know, from wet to dry. Then we, we, we got real dry and then we thought, well, we're just going to cook along. Well, then it turned cool about two weeks ago. And now then that's when we needed to start the parking lots and get them cleaned off we struggled like crazy for the last 12 days to try to get them done we finished them up thankfully we we called in a wrapper on sunday and got everything wrapped up or if we would have left it there would have still been haste sitting down there tuesday morning whenever the show opened but because uh, we got we had almost three quarters of an inch on monday i remember back i was here may 10th and you hadn't planted anything yet and uh, you, you were really wondering at that point so you know, everybody was planning late this year, but the difference being you needed something ready this last week of August. So it was a race uh, right down to the wire. Yeah, we're, 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 I'm sure we're the only ones in, in the country that, that had a deadline as to when you got to harvest. You know, nobody else has those deadlines. So uh, we did, and, 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 we, put, and we, we made the right decisions. 
with the corn we harvested was 75 day corn uh and of course it it, it does it, we struggled a little bit with it you know uh, as far as yield you do lose a little bit so we we did the rest of it in the 86 day and trying to make it a better show for the combines and we did but we just missed a little bit you know so um if we if, if we would have definitely we would have definitely harvested if we wouldn't have had these last two weeks of cooler weather that's for sure so now when the show wraps up today and everybody gets out of here uh, how do your crops look when do you think you'll be harvesting well uh now we've got a whole bunch of corn and you know we thought our september was going to be a cakewalk you know he's going to get a rest up before harvest but now we got a bunch of corn that we got to harvest now in in two weeks of the show corn so uh when it gets dried down but i i don't anticipate that we're going to be we're going to be in much especially as cool weather's keeping on you know I don't think our, our, our full season regular corn, we're going to be doing much before the end of September, that's for sure. So it's been challenging, but uh, all in all, all those factors considered, it's been a really good show. It has. It, you know, crowds have been phenomenal. Thursday's always our light day, uh, you know, so, but it's it's lighter, but it's still good. Um, uh, yesterday, Tuesday was good, but yesterday, I, I don't, you know, this is my eighth time, obviously, and, uh, and I, I haven't had as much chaos out in the fields as we had yesterday. I mean, we had a lot of stuff going at the same time, and the people they just it was just like the floodgates opened and 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 Good chaos. Oh, Good it chaos. was, and I and I want to say it was organized chaos yeah. too, but but because uh, I don't want to give that that impression that we didn't have it under control, but. But it was, man, there was a lot of people, and, and it was a good show, and the weather's been great. And, and, you know, I just wish, you know, my part of it, I just wish we would have just been able to, 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 to work, to be able to work Tuesday and then do everything full today. But uh, tiling will go on, too. It's still scheduled today as well as, as, well as tillage. So. so you've been through this a number of times now, yeah. uh, and I'm sure people ask you, uh, why do you like to do it or, uh, you know, do you still like to do it? Now that you can look back and, you know, you've got the experience of it, uh, what are your thoughts on being a host farmer for the Farm Progress Show? You know, it's, it's, it, uh, it varies year to year because, you know, honestly, we could probably say we, we've never had the same year twice. You know, we've, we've had easy years where everything went in right, and then it was easy. And we had years where we couldn't do nothing, and that changed things. We had this year where, where we had to alter our plans and do that. They've all been different. You know, if I guess monotony would set in if it was the same thing over and over and over again. So, but this year was definitely a lot more challenging than what we would like. So, um, but you know, it's still the same. We still have great people. We still get to meet great folks from everywhere and and get made great friends. And and you know, you know, the first years was a lot of work because we had to build it. Yep. Where now, you know, we've taken more of a role in, on helping the actual organization part of it and the operation side of it outside, you know. So uh, the middle areas there, the middle the middle years, it was probably the easiest on us. But but that's not fun either. Just just we're not the type that we don't want to sit around in a in a in a buggy and and just drive around. You know, we we like to we like to. Uh, we like to be very well involved with it and, and help make it a good show. What's it like here the year the Farm Progress Show is not here? So next year we're in Boone at this time. Man, is it peaceful. <laughs> I mean, it, it it is amazing that you can, you know, come out here in August. And, 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 well, you know, we just live a half mile north. And 
our month of August consists of beep, 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 and of, of, of telehandlers and everything backing up and payloaders and everything else. So it, it's a lot more quiet, that's for sure. And, uh, and so it, it's, it's a different world from one year to the next. Plus, we, we took a beating, so we got to do a lot of work next year to get ready for, for 21. Great job. Always good to see you. Thanks. No problem. One of the host farmers here at the Farm Progress Show, David Bricks. That wraps it up for our coverage of this year's Farm Progress Show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, back in the home studio tomorrow, lots to talk about with trade and the ethanol issues. Hope you'll join us. Thanks to BASF for the great hospitality here at the Media Tent at the Farm Progress Show. Thanks for joining us on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture.